0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awaken Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Listen, we're going to have a great time this morning. Uh, I was um, in Salt Lake City yesterday. Yeah, just flew back in um, and impromptu preached a message there to about 100 women, which was awesome, Um, had a really great time there. And then um, Pastor Katie and I flew back for today and I had this beautiful word prepared for this morning that I felt God say, no, no, not that word. I have another word. And so I got home at like 5.30, 6 o'clock yesterday and prepared this word that I feel that is the word that God wants to speak this morning to each and every one of us. And when God does something like that, you know he's on the move. You know he's got a word for people because I am a type A personality. I like the points, I like my dots in a row, I like to prepare and execute, um, but I really felt God just say, lean into me that today more than a message, more than some points, more than the verses, that there's a transference that will happen. That the, the, the presence of God, the faith, the hope, the love, the miracle working God that he is, is going to transfer to the people that are here this morning. And so we're gonna have a good time. We're good, okay. Um, so the title of my message today is called The Conditions for a Miracle. The Conditions for a Miracle. And I really got a hold of the very first verse in our Bible, Genesis 1-1. And I believe this, that if we can believe in the very first five words of the Bible, that we can believe for anything. The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Church today, If we can believe that God is who he says that he is, and if we can believe that he created, then we can believe for anything. Just begin to think about those first five words. In the beginning, do you know that in the beginning, the Bible says that Jesus was the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the end. He wrote the story with the end in mind. In the beginning, but the beginning is God's end and beginning. In the beginning, God created. If we accept Jesus into our hearts, if we believe who he says he is, that he died on a cross, that he resurrected, that he is the living God, then I'm telling you, we can believe for anything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, I was looking in the Life Application Study Bible. It says this about that very first verse. It says, The simple statement that God created the heavens and the earth is one of the most challenging concepts confronting the modern mind. The vast galaxy we live in is spinning at the incredible speed of 490,000 miles an hour. But even at this breakneck speed, our galaxy still needs over 200 million years to make one rotation and there are at least a trillion other galaxies in the universe. It has been said that the number of stars in the universe is more than all of the grains on the sand on all the beaches in all the world. Yet this complex sea of spinning stars functions with remarkable order and efficiency. God created a vast, a wonderful universe that is worthy of our praises. We are the miracle of God's creation. In the beginning, God created. Think about that. We live in San Diego. Think about all the beaches that are here. There are more stars in the sky than even sand on the seashores. God is incredibly vast. And yet, he creates those of us that are human beings, complex, but in perfect order. I'm telling you, the God of the universe. Wow. This is the God that you and I get to experience on a daily basis. The Bible says in John 14, 13 through 14, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So when we start to think about the conditions of a miracle, it actually doesn't take much. I think sometimes we try to make things and we just by nature can make things more complex than they need to be. You know what it took for God to create the entire universe? Nothing. The song we just listened to, Miracle Working God, what does it say when I can't see him, when I can't feel him, when I don't know what's happening, when I don't get it, that's the perfect condition for a miracle. When I can't see it, when I can't feel it, God created the entire universe. You and I, the heavens of the earth out of nothing. What does it take for a miracle for you and I? All we have to do is believe the first five words of the Bible that God is and that he created. He doesn't need a list of 50 things He doesn't need us fasting every single day. Hallelujah. Not even Jesus. Jesus did not fast every single day. And I'm not saying I don't believe in fasting. I absolutely do. We believe in fasting. We believe in reading the Bible. We believe in the words. But I'm telling you, a miracle doesn't take our natural control or manipulation to try to make a miracle happen. Miracles lie in Jesus. And the ingredients and the conditions that he needs is nothing but us believing in him. Okay, I'm gonna break it down because I really feel like there's a couple of things that do hold us back from being able to receive the miracle, the concept, the condition that it doesn't take seven billion things but simply the belief in Jesus and that we can see miracles in our life. So a couple of reasons why I think that miracles that we can't get ourselves or put ourselves in the position to receive a miracle is a lot of times, one, it has to do with control. We want to control the circumstances. And the other one is a loss of hope. When you lose hope, it's very hard to believe for anything. So I want to kind of just dive into it a little bit because the Bible says, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, Amen. the Lord Almighty. So my very first point is this. Number one, we need to break off control. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. But sometimes instead of believing that we have received it, we feel like we need to make it happen. We've got to remember who God is and who we are. And sometimes we try to take the role of God. We have to do all of these things to see the miracle. And God's like, no, no, that's my job. You simply need to believe. You simply need to believe. We can't manipulate a miracle. We can't make it all happen ourselves. In in fact, um, man-made miracles don't exist. And how do I know that? Because by definition of a miracle is that a man can't do it. Are you tracking with me? By definition, we cannot perform a miracle. Google dictionary, okay, even Google, who I feel is super secular, This is their definition of a miracle. Google definition of a miracle. A surprising and welcome event that is inexplainable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Even Google understands that it's not us, but it's divine. Now they say divine agency, I say Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. That is the receiving of a miracle, is through him. We can't make this up ourselves. We cannot, we we can't make the miracle happen, but absolutely God can. And the beautiful thing about miracles is that they are not dependent on our circumstances. Miracles are not dependent on on the circumstances. In fact, a storm when nothing seems to go right, when we have the apocalypse all of a sudden, you know, that we feel like we're in, it is the absolute most perfect time for the conditions of a miracle is when it looks stormy, when we don't get it, when nothing makes sense, and yet Jesus. Don't you feel, I was talking to my dad the other day, and he's a, he's a pastor, he lives in Ecuador, and we were just chatting about these things, and he was like, he, and he said this, which I thought was so funny. He's like, I think God likes a lot of drama. And I was like, what? And my dad is like the most like even-keeled human on the planet. So my dad would not be defined as a drama person. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I really am beginning to think, the older that I get, that God loves a bit of drama. Doesn't he seem to just show up at the end of a thing? Like the last possible minute that we need the miracle to come through and Jesus himself comes through? It seems to be his way. So let's not get startled when we can't put it all together. Let's not get startled when we can't figure it all out. Could it be the very ingredients of the miraculous? I think that it can be. You know, um, I told this story on one of the Wednesday nights, but I feel like it's, it's really applicable or, or describes this kind of thing. Um, like I said, in my own life, control, I think humans by nature, we, we feel like we need to control things. But the problem is if we control it, then we have to sustain it. And, and God's like, that's too hard. Humans should not be built that way. Our leniency, our, our trust, our faith should be in Jesus because he can take it. He can carry it. And so control, we think, oh, this is, you know, this is going to help me. I can control this. I can make this thing happen. That's, but that's actually what's not going to go well for us. And I remember sometimes control can really break when you're put in a situation where you literally, you could do everything within your human means and it's not going to work. Then you feel like sometimes God puts you in those situations. I think God puts us in those situations to realize that our dependency is on him and not on ourselves. And um, a few years ago, I was in Ecuador. And like I said, my family lives there, They're missionaries there, and I grew up there my teenage years. Um, but I had gone back, and I brought some some girls from the church, and we were just going to visit. And then they asked me to speak at um, a women's night, and they just brought all these women together, and they wanted to do uh, a night of ministry. And we thought, you know, maybe 150 or maybe 200 women would, would show up. And so I had prepared a word, and... I remember um, praying kind of in the back room and then I peeked out to look at, you know, who was showing up and the entire place was packed. There was probably seven, 800, maybe uh, it was massive. There was there were just women everywhere. And I'm like, ha, okay, Jesus, um, you know, I know you've given me a word and, and I just felt Jesus calm my nerves and go, Stacy, if it's one person, 10 people, 700, 800, it's me this isn't on you. This is on me. So I stepped out and I began to preach and minister. And it was one of the most incredible um, nights. There were miracles. There was a blind woman that couldn't see that came up to me. And at the end when we were praying and she said, I want to, she said, I want to see again. I've lost my eyesight so many years ago. Would you pray? And so I remember thinking to myself, like. Oh, the the blind person, I get the blind person. Like, could it not be a headache? And God's like, a headache or a blind person, I'm the same Jesus who sits on the throne, who performs miracles, and so I begin to just pray. And these are not lawfully prayers, these are like, God, I pray that she would open her eyes and she could see. We think we need it more complicated than that. We think we need to have flowery language. When you read your Bible, it's so simple. Jesus, Look at the, the, where Jesus heals people. He goes, be healed. We add all this language, be healed. Why? Because his belief is in Jesus himself. The God that created the entire universe, the name of Jesus, that is the most potent, powerful name on the planet can shift a headache, a blind person to see, a COVID case. It's so simple for Jesus himself and so I remember I just prayed and I prayed that she would begin to see and all of a sudden I look up and she's got just tears rolling down her face and she looks up at me and she's like, I'm starting, there, there's movement, I, I feel like, and so I'm like, okay, listen, I'm gonna pray again and so I just pray again, God, that she would be able to see and all of a sudden she bursts into tears and she's like, I can see, I can see and this blind person that came into the church could see again. There was tons of miracles that night, so much so that the town next to that city had heard about this meeting, had heard about the miracles, came and begged that we would do what we did there in that city, in their city. And so we went, okay, let's do it. And so there wasn't even a church yet in that city, a Christian church. And so they said, we found a restaurant that we we, we convinced the owners to open up the restaurant. And we're just going to put chairs in the restaurant. And if you can come and you can pray and you can speak, we're just going to invite the town. And, um, and, and we'd love for you to come. So we went, okay, let's do this. And so we go to, to this town and um, they opened up this beautiful restaurant and um, put all the chairs in and the whole family. I remember that owned the restaurant was there. It was meant to be a women's meeting, but the word had so gotten out that the women and the men and the children all began to show up. And I was there with a few girls and I'm like, Okay okay, we can do this. And, and all of a sudden I started to get into my own head. Like, what do I need to do? What do I have to do? How, what, what word am I gonna bring? And again, and I, and I, remember, I remember looking up to Jesus and just going, Jesus, I, I can't do this, God. I can't do this. And I remember Jesus saying to me, great Stacy, step aside. I'm telling you, it's not on us the miracles lies in Jesus. Do you know the pressure that that took off of me? Do you know the liberating feeling to know? It's not all on what I do and how I do it, but it's my belief in Jesus himself, that God is who he said he is, that he created, that he could do anything. And so right then and there, I stepped aside, and I went, God, do what you do, the miraculous. Do what you do, God. Then I remember we got up and shared a testimony and began to share the word of God. And I'll never, ever forget. I saw in that restaurant what looked like a cloud I saw this white cloud come into the restaurant and I knew that it was the Holy Spirit, the very presence of the living God. I am telling you, these people who had not heard about Jesus, had not been churched people, people were coming in from off of the street. The the family that had opened up the restaurant, you could have handed them a bucket of popcorn. They were like, what is happening here? because people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People got saved that night. They got filled with the Spirit of the living God. I remember praying for a whole family and the, the Spirit so fell so strongly on them. They all hit the deck, they fall on the ground. They don't know to fall on the ground. No one's taught them to fall on the ground. They fall on the ground under the presence of the living God. They get up off the ground and they are praying in tongues and then they're asking me what just happened and what language is this and then we explain after God moved and they encountered God that this was their prayer language you can't make this stuff up this is the miracle work of God it was one of the most extraordinary nights and I love that God he, he's 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 the God of the whole universe and yet he knows you and I so intimately. I remember when I was praying, like it, we were, it was just going forever because it was just miracle upon miracle upon miracle. Saved, like, all this stuff. It was so great. And I remember it was like one of those times where I remember a, a whole group of girls, there was probably about eight of them had come forward and said, will you pray? And by this time I am like spent. Like I'm like, okay, we've prayed, you know? And so I'm just like, oh, and I just stretch out my hand and I begin to pray and they all fall under the anointing of God and there's tears. And I remember my mom was there and she leaned over to me and she said, Stacy, what are you praying like all your people are just like they're just falling under the power of God so quickly and I said oh mom I'm saying Jesus do it quickly I'm so tired Jesus do it quickly listen God works with our humanity he's not so above and so far out there that he doesn't understand the very wiring that he created you and I with step aside was the best possible words Jesus himself could have given me to watch his hand begin to move Today, we're going to break off some control because we can't do it. We can't make it happen. We can't stand next to a person in our own might and see healing. But we can stand next to a person, believe in Jesus to do the healing, and we can see healing. So we've got to break off that part of us that wants to control, that wants to try to do it ourselves. I'm telling you, it's one of the most liberating feelings to let it go and to let God. Number two, we need to get our hope back. We need to get our hope back. The Bible says that against all hope, in hope, believe. Believe for what? Anything and everything. Believe for miracles. When I think about the loss of hope, I kind of think about situations in our life where it's just like, oh my goodness, we've been praying forever and ever. I thought I was believing this forever and it's just not happening, it's not happening. And we get to the end of our rope. Like it's the end of the end, like now what? And I've been there many times in my life. Like I feel like, okay, God, I've given this to you. God, I believe that you can do this. And then you know, I pray, I fast, I do all the things and I'm not seeing it yet. And so hope wants to dissipate. Hope wants to leave my life, but that's, that's not the way of God. And so I began to go, God, like what, how do I, because if there's a loss of hope, then, then there's no hope for the dream. There's no hope for the miracle. And so God gave me this verse in the Bible and, and it's about Abraham. And I don't know about you, but I feel like Abraham of all people could relate to us. Like him and Sarah believed for like, oh, I don't know, 90 or a hundred years for a child. We think one year, two year, five years, 90 something years, they are believing for a baby, for a child. Just listen to what this verse says, Romans four eighteen through 24. And this is in the amplified version. It says this, in hope against hope, Abraham believed. Okay, hold on a second. In hope against hope, Abraham believed. I'm gonna read the rest of those verses, but in hope against hope, what does that mean? And I felt like God tell me, when we feel like there is no hope, when we have given up on anything and everything, that we can still believe in hope itself because hope is Jesus Christ. Hope is Jesus. So if we cannot muster up to believe for and put our faith, we can still muster up and believe in faith in hope itself. Against all hope, against all the odds, against all the naysayers, we can believe in hope itself because hope is Jesus Christ. And this is what it says about Abraham. In hope, against hope, Abraham believed that he would become a father of many nations, as he had been promised by God. Anybody gotten a promise by God? You're like, where's my promise? Where is it happening? You promised this God. God is not a man that he should lie. Says this He would become a father of men and nations as he had been promised by God. So numberless shall your descendants be. That was the promise to Abraham. Without becoming weak in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead. You think your miracle's dead? That's where Abraham was. He's saying, My body, dead. Sarah's body dead, how are we gonna bring forth a child? So if we feel like we've gotten into a place where hope has been lost, Abraham was there. Without becoming weak in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead for producing children. Since he was about 100 years old, and he considered the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and empowered by faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that God had the power to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was credit to him as righteousness, right standing with God. Now, not for his sake alone was it written that this was all credit to him, but for our sake, to For our sake also, to him righteousness will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins and was raised from the dead because of our justification, our acquittal, absolving of all sin before God. And Abraham and Sarah conceived a child. Against all hope, in hope, Itself Abraham and Sarah believed and it was credit to them as righteousness at faith and what does the Bible said not just for them but for us That week two when we've lost it when we've lost all of our hope that we can in hope in Jesus Let that faith rise up again. Do you know that the Bible says that we only need faith as small as a mustard seed. So if you're thinking, I need the faith of Abraham. I need the faith of, I need, it's too big, it's too much. No, no, you need the faith of a mustard seed. And the Bible says, even if you have that little of faith, that you can look to a mountain and you can say, be moved. And that mountain will move. Breakthrough will smallest amount of faith, rise in your spirit and you will see the miracle working power of the living God. I honestly believe that that has been the story of my life. So many stories I could tell you when I thought this is the end, I can't do this anymore. And then God himself shows up. When I moved to San Diego and I had nothing, and I didn't know a single soul in San Diego, and I was wavering like, God, you gave me a word to move to this place, but nothing is happening. All the jobs I had lined up, everything had fallen through. The place I had lined up to live in had fell through. I'm like, I'm not gonna have a place to live. I don't have a job. You called me to San Diego. I don't have one friend, one person. And I remember God in those moments saying, and I will be enough for you. I will be enough for you. I will bring you through. I don't have time to tell you the series of miracles. Miracle provision, places to live, people to meet, divine opportunities and jobs that came about. But that only happened until I made that internal decision to believe. To believe what? That God is who he says that he is. To believe that if God could create, that God could do anything, and that he would show up in my life. I look at my life now, my gosh, the best community on the planet, ministering the word of God, his very calling, that happened here in San Diego, that I could become a minister and a pastor, the dream of a little girl's heart. I mean, it's one of the most incredible things, but we've gotta make the decision to believe. My last point is this, believe him for anything and everything. Believe him for anything and everything. Do you know that we could believe God above facts and reality because truth trumps facts and reality. People say I'm a realist. That's fine. Truth trumps reality. But I have the fact from the doctor. I have the note that says that I'm sick. But truth trumps the fact from the doctor. If we believe that Jesus is who he says that he is. I was at a doctor's office. I was getting routine um, uh, dentistry. I was having my uh, wisdom te- two wisdom teeth removed, and um, this was only a few years ago. And I went into the office, and it was meant to be routine. And then when I get in the chair, they tell me, "Hey, we're, we just ran a second um, X-ray. We just wanted to make sure that all was well." And they put up the X-ray in front of me, and they said, "Oh, oh no, oh." Oh, we see that there's, there's something below your jaw. There, there's a mass below your jaw. We don't know what it is. I mean, it looks like it could be cancer. Okay, first of all, dentists, do not do that. But secondly, they're like, we can't do this. We can't take your wisdom to death. We don't know what's there. We're going to actually have to put you under and find out what's there. And I went home and I was, I got to be honest with you, I didn't, uh, sadly, I didn't go straight to Jesus. I went to like, oh, what? What do you mean I could have cancer under my jaw? Like, like the mouth, this is what you gave me like to speak and to minister, what do you mean? Like what, what? and I started to get a little bit nervous and I, I called a friend and I said, oh my gosh, this is what happened. And I remember my friend saying, Stacy, I honestly just heard the words from God, this will come to nothing and all will be well. This will come to nothing and all will be well. You know what, that hit my spirit. It's good to lean on a Christian friend when you feel like you don't have the faith and the hope. You lean on your Christian neighbor. And so I did. And then I went, okay, you're right, all will be well. And I began to pray and I felt the peace of God come. And I went in for the surgery for them to see what was under my jaw. And this is a true story, Pastor Katie was there. She drove me. And we went there and they put me under. And I came out of the surgery And I asked probably 12 times because I was coming out of surgery. I said, what did you find? What did you find? What did you find? And the surgeon looked at me and he said, we found nothing. We think that there was dust on our x-ray machine. That showed up looking like a mass underdraw. I am telling you that the truth of Jesus Himself trumps what looks like facts and what looks like reality. God Himself can move in our hearts, in our lives, and miracles can happen. I am telling you, church, the conditions for a miracle is believing the five words of Scripture that in the beginning God created. Can I get everybody to stand on your feet right now? We are going to pray. Oh God, oh God, Lord, I praise you in this place. Just close your eyes. Lift your hands to heaven. Hands to heaven is a sign of surrender. Surrender to the living God. Lord, we praise you in this place. We glorify you in this place. The best thing that we can do to position ourselves for a miracle is give thanks ahead of time. Begin to praise him. Begin to thank him for the miracle that opens the the heavens. Bible says that our prayers come up like a sweet-smelling aroma. When you begin to thank God and praise God, that is a beautiful aroma. This is not our time to complain or be despondent or let hope be a loss. It's time to thank God for the miracle. If you're here and you're like, you know what, I need to believe. It's time to believe for the miracle, for myself. For a family member, for someone that, you might have come here today going, I need just a little bit more faith to believe that my family would be healed, to believe that my family would be saved. I just need a little bit of faith. You came to the right place. You came to the right place. There was a woman that, just keep your hands to heaven and keep your eyes closed. I'm just gonna help us to lift our faith because when we share testimonies, the word of the testimony brings breakthrough. There was a woman that came into our church probably maybe like a month and a half ago, right when things were getting shut down and we chose to keep our church open. She came in unsaved. She walked into this church. Within the first two weeks, the friends that had brought her, she had come forward, she had received Jesus, she got saved. Her husband was in the hospital on a breathing machine. The doctors had told her to get things in order and to let the children know that her husband was going to pass away. They were in their 30s. She came into this house to an atmosphere of faith. She received the Lord, she got saved. She began to believe that there was a God in the universe that heals and that saves. And so her, along with the friends that had brought her and the pastors and the leaders and the team in this church, began to pray with her every single week. We told her, come in every week. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray that your husband gets off the breathing machine, that he breathes on his own. We're gonna pray that he gets out of the ICU unit and they prepare him for taking him home. We're gonna pray that he walks into his home with his wife and his children. We're gonna pray that one day he's gonna come into this house and lift his hands towards heaven and give the testimony. We're gonna pray and we began to pray every week. And would did you know that every single week, the condition began to change. The condition began to change. He came off of the breathing machine. He, the, the, the breath of God began to fill his lungs. Then they tell us that he's getting out, that he came to, he was in a coma for two months. For two months, and they said it was game over. He came out of the coma, breathing he, his mind in order, had all of his senses about him. They prepared him to get out of the IC unit and to go home. This is how good God is. Her husband came home two weeks ago and not only did he come home two weeks ago, healed, restored, the friends went over to visit him and said, hey, so what happened when you were in that coma those two months? Did you see anything? And he said, well, you know, it's funny that you should ask that question. And he said, I did see something. And he began to describe a scene. And all of a sudden, the wife and the friends of the family start freaking out because one Wednesday night we were here and we were praying. And I had a vision because I had asked people to stand on behalf of somebody that they were believing for, and I saw this picture. And it was a picture of a desert and it was dry and and it was arid and it was just this dry, deserty place. But then I saw an oasis and I saw that as we began to pray that people were being healed in this oasis and that people were going to be completely and totally set free and healed. Do you know the picture that he described when he was in the coma? He said, it was like I was in a desert. It was like a dry and an arid place. But then I saw an oasis and I went to the oasis and I saw people coming and fixing me. They were fixing me. They were fixing me until I was completely and totally fixed. And then I woke up and I came home. God is a very, very, very good God. Come on, let's begin to praise God. Let's begin to thank God ahead of time for the miracle. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.